So maybe you're a crazy person like me who has over 400 Marines and you want to name them all. Or maybe you love creating new characters for D&D. Or maybe you just really like learning the meaning and origins behind some of your favorite nerdy character names from pop culture. Well then, it sounds like you need Naming Your Little Geek by Scott Root. This is an incredibly fun and easy read. It taught me not only is Ulrich the name of a war god, but also a Sith master. It also comes with one more added benefit. It's a great resource for naming your babies. Follow the link in the description below and pick up your copy of Naming Your Little Geek today. Hello and welcome to Geeks of Grimdark, your home for everything Warhammer. Be they elves or Eldar, space marines or stormcast, we've got you covered. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always is... His shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today, man? As I was telling another friend of mine earlier, it is way too hot today. Uh, <coughs> I'm getting over illness, I still have a cough, and I have been spraying my house to do like ortho home defense, for, you know, for bugs and stuff, and... While spraying, I'm sweating my ass off, and I found four active hornet's nests in my on the outside of my house. I was able to now describe the way you found them because found hornet's nests that there's a broad spectrum of ways to find them. I was not attacked, if that's what you mean. I I saw them before I got close enough to do any uh, to to trigger anything, and three of them I managed to spray the hell out of, and I saw I know they were active because as soon as I sprayed them. Hornets started coming out of them, and then I walked away for a while and came back and sprayed some more, and nothing else came out of them. So I'm pretty sure I've killed those three nests, but the fourth one I couldn't reach. So tomorrow I gotta go out to like Home Depot and get the long spray stuff to get that one. But, yeah, the foaming action with the 20 foot range. Yeah, point is though, I'm hot, I'm still a little sick, and I'm dealing with bugs. So yeah, not not the best <laughs> right now. How are you doing? Uh, I'm surly. Surly? Okay. Yeah, day jobs being a real bright pain in my ass. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's, uh, capitalism, folks. So, for, I don't remember, remind me, for Geese of Grimdark, do we do the sound off? Yes, we do okay. the sound off for all of our non-patron exclusive content. Yeah, but I don't remember what's patron exclusive and not. Anyway, let's get right into that patrons you know who you are you get all the extra content we don't thank you this is general content so guess what we're going to read your names your wonderful people are pam galley marquee chris chippen river galley krug arthur crane kevin vape brandon Angle, john vinnels kit kenny donald lucy patrick anderson carson mel scott ribbon Derek takati and peter cook now if you'd like to join that illustrious legion and further confuse axel head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields 25 cents an episode is a dollar a month that keeps the wheels on this bus and as this is a geeks of grimdark we as always have a guest feel free to introduce yourself illustrious guest Hello, I am Kit Kinney, one of the glorious patrons. <laughs> I'm really into the word glorious right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said, uh, Ulrich said illustrious already, and I didn't want to copy him. I know, I love the word glorious, so I'm, I very much approve it. You get my thumbs up from that. <laughs> anyway, so what is Kit going to be joining us today to talk about, Ulrich? Well, we are going to talk about Warhammer Plus, and we specifically brought Kit on because they were nice enough to grant us a subscription to Warhammer Plus so that we could, you know, make an informed opinion and review of it. Yeah, I, I stoked the flames. <laughs> now, first question about that, Ulrich, did you get much use out of it before we get into it? I have gone through every aspect of the service. Oh, damn. 
Well, that's good because I'm going to be up front. I watched Hammer and Bolter and then kind of forgot about this whole thing. So... Yeah, no, that about sums up Warhammer Plus. Well, since, Kit, you were the one who facilitated everything, why don't you start us off with maybe a light introduction to anyone who doesn't know what Warhammer Plus even is, followed by your experience with it. All right, so Warhammer Plus is Warhammer and Games Workshop joining in on the streaming wars. They've got exclusive animated content. They've got battle reports, painting classes, lore videos tutorials like how-to tutorials they have uh, a vault of old campaign books and white dwarves uh, it's just a bunch of stuff like all kind of somewhat haphazardly thrown together we should clarify white dwarf is warhammer's magazine oh not yeah that's... just a group of albino dwarves <laughs> yes no it's their their magazine yes that they've been running for decades so. It, for, for yes, it used to be um for D and D actually. Fun oh, little fact. I didn't know huh. that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, in anyway, Kit, tell us about your experience with it. I have mostly liked it. I do have a few technical gripes with it, but for the most part, it's cheap enough that I don't mind uh paying for it for 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 what I get out of it. What is it? What is its cost? Just for record. It's. Five ninety nine US at the moment. I think it used to be four ninety nine. Okay, so about six bucks a month. Okay. Yes. Okay. No, about as much as a Disney Plus subscription. I I wouldn't know. I haven't had a I had a Netflix subscription like three years ago, and then got rid of that, and I haven't had anything like that since. So <laughs> that's why to me I need context. Do you yeah. just reach off everyone else's streaming services, or do you not have any streaming services? I. I don't have any streaming services. I haven't had to use any in a long time. Sometimes I hang out at Woundvox's place and we'll watch Disney+. Plus. I'll hang out at PJ's place and he'll put on something on Netflix. Most of them are watching YouTube stuff. So. All right. Okay. I was just curious what your media habits were. Yeah, well, honestly, I don't actually watch a whole lot of stuff now at all unless I kind of have to for the podcast or someone else is dragging me into it. I did watch uh, Raising Hope since you mentioned it, but I don't remember what service I watched that on. That had to have been on Hulu. Yeah, so I know one of my friends had it, whatever it was. I just don't remember which friend and when I watched it. So, but anyway. Uh, to add on to the Disney Plus price comparison, Disney Plus is underselling itself compared to what some of the other streaming services are charging. Oh, yeah, no, that was their plan. They came in low, and any day now they're going to start jacking up the price and adding in ads and... But that'll come after they consume Hulu. Well, we're not. They've already kind of. They've started to cannibalize it. They haven't fully folded it in yet. No. Anyway, I will say, as someone who was kind of watching, I know we had these conversations when it first happened. But when War, when Games Workshop essentially announced Warhammer Plus, the general consensus I remember from people I talked to was a uh, middling response, in that the animations looked interesting. And everything else seemed to be the kind of stuff that kind of existed already on YouTube with battle reports and whatnot. So that's why I was curious about, like, what kind of responses it actually would have. And, of course, there was big controversies that kind of got in the way of the conversation. So, Well, that was, like, the same time Games Workshop announced that you they were canceling or stomping out fan content. And then they kind of slow rolled that back when it pissed everyone off. 
But uh, I got yelled at a lot when Warhammer Plus launched because I wasn't a poly- I wasn't an advocate of it. I the remember- fan thing was also somewhat overblown. Well, it was Games Workshop being very murky in their wording and not explaining what it meant. That's what damned them. Well, <laughs> they, I, very vague legal statement followed by silence. Yeah, yeah, I remember basically saying, I'll try not to judge until I see it, because the streaming wars in general have been kind of fascinating in a way. They so, are so fascinating. Because we basically it, are just a retread of cable, but now instead of... Like, how m- is there like a streaming package? Does anyone offer like a streaming there package? There are a few. <laughs> Disney has their version, which is Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN. But right now, everyone's so divided that no, there isn't one, which is what e- makes the streaming war so fascinating. Is everyone's trying to edge everyone else out. Like, you don't have enough content to do anything. There was another big one. Which was? It, it was called VRV. Oh, Verve. Yeah, I watched stuff Verve, on Verve. That's where which... uh, Harmon Quest was on Verve. Really? At, for a while, yeah. I mean, then I think it started off on CISO, then it moved to Verve. And I just know that because my buddy Denim had Verve. I watched some stuff on that, but that was a while ago. <laughs> oh, the battlefield of weirdly named streaming services that just died so we could get Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. Verve is not what it used to be. It used to be Crunchyroll... Um, Boomerang, uh, Rooster Teeth, and a bunch of others. Now it's just Crunchyroll and Mondo. I'm looking <laughs> on their website right now. That's right. I remember seeing all the Rooster Teeth and anime on there. That makes sense. Yeah, Verve used to be a lot. It's it's died down. But that was another thing that when Warhammer Plus was first announced, where it was just like what Ulrich said, there's a thing like if you're gonna have me pay for an entire service, you have have to con you have to have the content to back it up. And Warhammer Plus is an interesting idea because I have, as someone who's basically tried to get all my friends into Warhammer, Warhammer is a huge, like, I don't want to use the word franchise, but that's the only word. Oh, it's, it's, it's becoming a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is their first steps at a multimedia attempt. And we'll talk about what we think of their initial steps. Exactly. And I remember thinking that, yeah, there's a lot of Warhammer stuff but there's not a lot of Warhammer shows yet. And when it's, when you're starting a streaming service, you kind of need a backlog. And old Warhammer Plus had this, like, promise of animations. I had this thought where I was like, I feel like you should have this stuff made already so you can have a backlog. And then... Because I, I remember hearing about the, uh, the, the Inquisitor Eisenhorn show. Originally, I thought that was going to be on Netflix. I have no idea what its current state is. But now that... In development. Yeah, I don't think they ever officially announced a platform. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it ever got past early pre-production. That either. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, that's why my first thing when I had access to Warhammer Plus was, all right, let's go check out the the one of the animations I actually was interested in, which was Hammer and Bolter, which is like for anyone who didn't watch it, is in an anthology animation show where each episode basically covers a story from a different faction in Warhammer. Yep. So, kind of like Love, Death, and Robots, but for Warhammer. <laughs> I was going to say, but not very good. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't like Hammer and Bolter? I did not. I, Any of it? Or... I was going to say, man, I feel like some of them are really solid. I watched quite a bit of it before I gave up, and it's like, the animation is not nearly good enough to hold its own. 
and the storylines aren't nearly good enough to hold on its own, I'm just going to give up now. I think I, I got to watch the Space Wolf one. The and I least was like, good oh, one. That was one of the first ones, yeah. No, the also, Space Wolf one's bad. The library one's bad. The Gazgul one's Those are like the first couple, but yeah. Also, the first couple well, were bad. About? The Gazgul one is great. I refuse to acknowledge you saying You that are was... blinded by your love of Gazgul. No, I think I'm... That is... Yes, but... I love that one mostly because of the humor. That is like the whole point of orcs. It's also it gets across, I think, the thematic like underpinning of what orcs are. The idea that this Runthard is just teaching these boys the story of Commissar Yarrick, and it has all these great character moments in it. Fucking hilarious and wonderful. It had it proved like okay, this had potential, but the animation is so incredibly stilted that it's like, okay you gotta do something real good and real interesting with the stories and as far as i got it's like no these are not interesting stories what else is there jeez man i'm not yeah i have to disagree with you heavily because like the admech episode i thought was amazing the eldar uh, okay. episode i thought was like oh. legitly artistically wonderful axel we're gonna be buds because i have a list of like standout episodes and those two are on there yeah. Well, then send me the standard episode list, and I'll go back and give it another try, because I was just like, this should have been a slam dunk, and it's it's not. <laughs> yeah, like, when I think about that series, I actually ranked it with, because I watched it with Wretched, and we talked about it, and we were like, we think the best one is the Eldar one, with the Admech and the Necron slash Chaos one, probably right underneath. the the We think that the Orc and the zinch one is kind of like the middle to good and we were at the bottom we were like eh, the space marine one is probably the least interesting my four because i have a, <laughs> a list of four standouts where uh it, the first is in the garden of ghosts which is the eldar one yeah that's the best which, one <laughs> which i'm it it actually made me cry at the end and it made like, me not hate the eldar i was like these this is cool and wonderful anyway uh, and then there was Kill Protocol, which is the Adeptus Mechanicus one. It's mm -hmm. um, a tech priest and a Castellan robot. There's Artifacts, which is Trazen the yeah. Infinite. Exactly. Those is... three Those three are the best ones. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then... So they just front-loaded it with bad. Yes, they I did. Just... <laughs> but I wouldn't even say bad, because, like, just not as good ones. I mean, the Imperial Guard one is could be better, but it's still mostly Oh, Ulrich's going to hate that one. Yeah, because it's all about Cadia. It's Cadia stands. It's literally so titled Cadia stands. Yeah. Like it's a God pretty good damn it. It's a pretty good like episode, but it's all Cadian. So the, the um the most recent one, they started doing Age of Sigmar now. Uh it's called Double or Nothing. That one was good. Oh, I haven't seen I liked that one. it. I I liked it. It was pretty good. No, we can talk about the big issue because it'll cover all of the animations, the sporadic release schedule, in that yeah. there's no consistency to when you're going to get it, which was like, you are supposed to be a professional streaming service. You should have this be somewhat consistent, other than, hey, it's been like two months since we gave you anything, but don't worry, we've got a trailer for you. Well, that's actually Angels question. of Death started, which was uh, Angels of Death was like the first animated Angels show they did. Angels of Death was the most consistent, but even Angels of Death has its issues. Well, that, well I meant that's a question I, was, I have. Do do I have us? Because I don't. But do either you two know like what animation studios are actually working with them? Like what? How does this function? I don't so, think they say, which is weird. Some of the Hammer and Bolter episodes 
do, I think, or was it Interrogator? I noticed one of them mentioned a studio. Oh, <laughs> sorry, the Inquisitor one I also liked a lot, but just because of how the assassins were portrayed. Anyway, continue. The Angels of Death one, I'm not sure if they explicitly say it, because crediting is a, is an issue with this service. Yeah. yeah. But I do know from following the history, if you have watched the fan series Hellbrecht on YouTube, oh, it yeah. is the same people doing Angels of Death. Yeah, I know. They did. Angels of Death is okay in the story is interesting, but it, like a lot of Warhammer Plus's stuff, feels like really high-end fan content and not something I should be paying for. Mm, that's like, there. Angels of Death is good, but the animations are kind of janky and the sound design is really lacking. And I know that when I first started watching Hammer and Bolter, that first episode, I was getting that vibe, but then my brain shifted over into, this is more like, like a moving comic, kind of like the, uh, the Watchmen comic on the DVD I have. And once my brain was in that mode, I think I was way more into what was going on. If it was slightly more stylized, that could have worked. But so much of it felt like they just didn't want to pay for animation. I guess. I, I'm just saying that I think it's funny that, like, I think I watch more animation than you. At least I used to. Now I don't watch stuff in general. But, and I just think it's funny that there's this kind of, this particular difference. It's fine. You're allowed to have that opinion. It's just, I just think it's interesting. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no dissenting opinions allowed. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I'll argue with Ulrich on Twitter. I don't need to argue with him here. So... <laughs> No, uh, Angel of Death, like doing it in the black, white, and red was a really inspired choice. But watching it, like, this is good, but this is, I'm giving money to your Patreon good, and I get an episode every six months, and I really appreciate the effort you're putting into it. Oh. Not, this was backed by a, you know, fairly large corporation. One more thing I... to, to cap that, that one part of the conversation I was saying. I also got heavy... Uh, Tales of the Black Freighter vibes from the animation style in in Hammer and Bolter. I think that won me over. What's a lot. that? Tales of the Black Freighter is. Have you? I say, have you ever watched the Watchmen the movie? I've seen the movie. Did you watch the? I'm guessing. Did you watch the theater edition and not the special edition? I have no clue which version I watched. My friend had. If it on you didn't Tales of the Black Freighter, you probably watched the theatrical version. Yeah. So the theatrical version is like an hour shorter, and a big part of that extra hour is that in the original Watchmen comic, there's a thing that happens where Alan Moore literally had this idea of like, okay, if superheroes are real, then what comics do people in this world read? They read pirate comics. So in the narrative of Watchmen, there's this kid who's reading a comic called Tales of the Black Freighter that is a metaphor and like a parallel to what's actually going on in the Watchmen story. Now the theatrical cut of the Watchmen movie just cut that plot line like entirely. But the ultimate edition, which I have, animated the entire thing. So there's this animation of this story about this pirate guy. Well, actually he's a, a not a pirate, he's a sailor whose ship gets attacked by pirates that he's <laughs> marooned and he has to use basically the corpses of his crew to make a raft to get back home and the whole time he's going insane and anyway it's a great bit but point is that how that movie animated it feels very similar to what i was seeing in hammer and bolter i think that that, that it was just cool to me so anyway sorry <laughs> no that's interesting i'll have to look into that it's it is it's carried by the animation which 
is kind of where again Hammer and Bolter kind of falls flat. It's like every once in a while they do something really cool, like the Inquisitor episode with how they did the assassins. Like, oh, that's really cool. You haven't moved in like eight frames, but you look cool. Yeah, well, like I said, Org, maybe go back and just compare that to Tales of the Black Freighter, and I think you'll see what I'm talking it's, about. It's not going to come out, if I compare it to, you know, Dave Gibbons' art, it's not going to come out looking better. I'm not saying it's going to come out looking better. I'm just saying you might have an understanding of, like, the, what I'm saying. But anyway. Not, not the so the last one I want to talk about, like, the pinnacle of the animation was uh, the Exodite. Which? No, the Exodite was, I actually, I did watch the Exodite. Because I, uh, I didn't watch the Angels one, Angels Death, but I watched the Exodite, and Exodite was awesome. It was, but that's the one where I felt like it was the, as Ulrich said with Angels of Death, it felt like something you'd pay on a Patreon and you get every couple months. That's what Exodite felt That's like. exactly what it was, because that had the most sporadic release schedule. That and it was, was literally episodes. what it was. And then you had four episodes and it's like, all right, see you for season two. And everyone's like, wait, what? No, Exodite was literally one of the fan animators that Games Workshop hired. So, yeah, okay. It was but... going to be a show on YouTube, and then Games Workshop swooped in. It, it was literally one of those shows. Okay, three things about that. One, I watched it when all four episodes were out, so I don't have to worry about the release schedule, so that definitely impacted my feeling based on what you guys are saying. That's the best way to watch any of this. Yeah. 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 Uh, two, I'm surprised that you say that, because the animation for that... I mean, I guess I could kind of see like an Astartes kind of look to it, but the animation for that felt very professional compared to the moving comic style. Of it was. Oh, yeah. But there was. was only four episodes. Yeah, but that didn't like, bother me you at can, all. So. You can tell that a lot of time and energy went into crafting these, but when your whole runtime amounts to roughly 30, 40 minutes on a professional streaming service. That's, that's fair. It, well, that's why I was going to say three... That brings us to uh, the, uh, it's not really the elephant of the room because we kind of addressed it, but the whole how Games Workshop was dealing with fan animators and hiring fan animators and then having them do stuff like that, to me, is like a really cool idea. There are those negative sides that, as we said, vague language and whatnot, and they've got to kind of pull back from, but I didn't know Exodite was was that, and that actually makes me yep. kind of like it even more, because that's like, hey, you're doing this cool thing. Let's pay you to do it, and now get it out there to the, the community. So That has so far, not counting Astartes, because that was made previously, and not counting Angels of Death, because that deal was done before Games Workshop did its whole thing. The Exodite is the first, and so far only, of the fan animations that GW scooped up that has actually been released. Well, because they one, scooped up quite a few people, but nothing besides Exodites come out yet. Well, animation does, not to give excuses, but like I'm a fan of Hell of a Boss, for instance, and I'm waiting for Has Been Hotel to come out, and I've been following. Oh yeah, I've been following that, and animation just takes a long oh, time does. to do. Oh yeah. So, but if if fair. we want to dive into more controversy, sure. One of the fan animations that Games Workshop swooped up and grabbed is not coming out. Okay. Because fans harassed the creator for working officially with Games Workshop. What? Yeah, that was a what? whole hot mess. That sounds that sounds like nonsense. It, it yeah, was like the Warhammer community. I'm sorry. <laughs> it mm. was nonsense. Um So hold on, was there 
okay, I, I can imagine that it's like, hey, we're not happy with what Games Workshop is doing with animators, and thus you working with them is somehow a betrayal of the community. Is, is that what Yeah, it fell right in the middle of the perfect storm of Games Workshop is shutting everyone down, and you broke the picket line, and Games Workshop community has real issues. See, I was... Once you said the broke the picket line thing, now my un- my pro-union brain started going, and now I'm having a hard time parsing this whole idea, so... It, well, there, there was there was never was a agreement itself. amongst the artists. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, I know. if all the artists said, no, we're going to band together. I get that, and my point is that I'm generally pro-union anti-company, and so even though yeah. when you first said that, I was like, that's stupid of the community. Once you put it in those contexts, I was now like, ah, uh, okay, I kind of get it now. Ah. They weren't being nice about it, though, so... Yeah, I'm not no, saying... No, they did kind of issue cease and desist orders. I'm just saying you put a complication in my head. That's all I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, so... no. It's, it's not a clear issue. It sucks. The only clear thing is it sucks that they had to stop doing what they loved because they were bullied out of it by the community. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... TTS is still on indefinite hiatus, right? TTS isn't coming back. He's moved on to other projects. That was one of the ones where I was... When I first mentioned how some of the uh, stuff was overblown, TTS was never officially shut down by GW. They ended it themselves. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm also going to skate us away from TTS because that has become one of the three banned Warhammer topics. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to put that out there because there was a lot of people thinking that it was gw who did it they didn't yeah and i just want to ask because i hadn't heard anything in a long time about it and i totally again as far as i'm concerned that guy's allowed to do whatever he wants if he wants to move he on. has a new show yeah he he regathered his voice cast and he started a new show and he's doing his own thing yeah power he's be doing fairly well that's all we're gonna say about tts because that is a hornet's nest i don't want to touch i i buy that in an episode of hornet's nest <laughs> i mean this entire topic is somewhat of a hornet's nest so. oh, yeah. oh yeah trust me i i said i was yelled at extensively for not supporting warhammer plus enough when it was announced that's dumb people news? love yelling at me online i don't know why uh to, to, to kind of cap off the animation well maybe not cap off but we'll probably come back to it but you mentioned astartes is there any news on astartes too in production no. in production okay yeah angels of death is getting a second season and uh there's a new one which i haven't bothered to watch because i was so underwhelmed by the animation so far the newest one's interrogator which is really good so far i'll wait six months for all four episodes to be out (laughs) i think they're already at four episodes i think it's going to be more than that Ooh. waiting till it's all out is probably a good idea i just and here's the other problem we can kind of talk about we can move on to the next thing like once you finish the animation what else do you check out See, what's funny about, now that I'm thinking about this, Ulrich, I think a big part of, like, I'm not bothered by shorter series at, as much as I used to be at if all. If I'm because, paying for it, I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's if, fair. If you're building yourself as a streaming service and I can watch all of your streaming catalog in a weekend, you have a problem. Okay, I have no argument against that. I don't even want to argue against that because, again, I'm not paying for any streaming services right now, so I get that. I was just going to say that, like, as an adult who barely has time to do the things I want to do, it I don't have that problem from a... Once we put the money thing to the side, which I'm not saying isn't important, it is. I'm just saying that for a different, like, 
perspective. I literally, I have this opposite thing where I'm like, if a show is too long, I don't have the motivation to commit to it. So see, I'm the opposite. I like having something reliable that if I have nothing else to watch, I have this long-standing thing I can return to. Yeah, but for me, I my brain goes into modes, as it were. Like last year, I decided to start rewatching Naruto for the first time since I was like, oh god, 15. why? Because it kept popping up in my YouTube recommends, and I was like, you know, I never finished the show. You know, so. YouTube recommends is not a good. Yeah, I actually prefer, like, shorter shows, things like Hell of a Boss, where I can basically watch it in, like, two sessions. Uh, I longer show is... I mean, I'm a huge One Piece fan, and I will never recommend it to anyone ever, because recommending a show that's over a thousand episodes to someone, I think, is almost irresponsible. So... Yeah, unless you're going, okay, here is my personal cut. It brings it down to a hundred. Yeah, so anyway, my, my point was that from a... From just a show standpoint, not talking about the fact that you're spending money on it, which is a very legitimate argument, I actually kind of like the smaller series. So, uh, Answer your question, Ulrich. When you're done with the animations, what do you go on to do on the service? There's a lot of other stuff to watch, actually. Well, why... yeah, we can talk about some of the other stuff, and yeah. it's varying degrees of quality. I want to ask you about that next kit, because, like, for instance, let's do let's do one thing at a time. Battle reports. When I watch there battle reports, a lot. yeah, like right now my go-to is like midwinter minis uh, because they're really funny. And I like that it's not just the game, it's the narrators being funny about it. Whereas like, yeah. I, for instance, I know that like Bricky and Magikarp use fly and stuff. They do their battle reports, but I don't really watch them because even though I like those guys, they're doing a lot more of the, how do I put it? Less edited, more raw version of the battle report. Uh. And that's like, Maybe I'll put that on the background while I'm doing something, but I'm not going to sit and pay attention to that. It's kind of like the different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever watched Play on Tabletop? No, I haven't. Ah, uh, because I was going to say the the battle reports on the Warhammer Plus service are edited a lot like Play on Tabletops. Okay, well, let's let's take for instance, in my experience, a two thousand point game between two players can take like two to four hours, depending on how mm -hmm. you're playing. What does that look like in battle report form? On Warhammer Plus? Yeah, on Warhammer Plus. Um, About maybe 40 minutes to an hour, I think, is what the episodes typically are. Okay. Yeah, no, the Warhammer ones are really surprisingly good. Like, that was one of the first things is like, oh, boy, battle reports. Like, I don't and have a thousand of those on YouTube. And then I watched it up and like, oh, not only are these really well edited, but they're almost all narrative thematic games. Yes. Okay. And okay. They've, they've, they and have like, one... Oh, and they have one for, like, every system, too, at the moment. They've got 40K, Kill Team, Necromunda, Age of Sigmar, Warcry, uh, Underground, whatever that other Age of Sigmar Underworld, one is. Yeah. Underworlds. They, they have, like, all of the systems, too. Yeah, no, I, I watched a couple. I'm like, oh, these are good. Like, they're narrative, and it's not getting caught up in the mess of Ninth Edition's messiness. It's just like, hey... I'm going to play Ultramarines and I'm just going to fight waves after waves of Death Guard recreating, you know, the Plague Wars. And it's only going to be about an hour and it's really well edited. I'm like, oh, this is really good. This is, you know, I can watch one of these and not feel like it's dragging. Like, I love a lot of battle reports, but some of them I have to watch in chunks. It's like, I just can't watch two hours of the dice rolls and the movements and the trying to remember all the stratagems. It's like, yeah, that's what I play yes. the game for. I want to see awesome tables and cool models. 
another fu- good. Th- oh, sorry. I was going to say, and it's funny because I know from like a Dungeons and Dragons standpoint, there's the same kind of idea of there are some because there's there are so many Dungeons and Dragons shows you can watch now and and podcasts and stuff, and there is this kind of scale of ed- of and ed- how edited it is like. The most famous of which is Critical Role, right? And Critical Role is basically not it at all. It's pretty much the experience of a bunch of people playing it as it is, which means that you've got four and a half ever episodes because that's how long, like, a session with your six friends will be versus something like Harmon Quest, which is half an hour and has animations and is super cut down and polished. And I like both of those, but one of them is less of a commitment and more like something I'll actively pay attention to. And the other one is something I'll throw on while I'm playing like Total War or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, the Warhammer battle reports are digestible, which is their biggest strength. Like they bring out the Madden lines to show you the lines in advance and where units got destroyed so you can clearly tell there's... That's no, what I was going to bring You look away from the screen and you're like, oh crap, what happened? Where'd that big chunk go? Okay. I mean, that description sounds... Like I said, I never watched any of the ones on Warhammer Plus, but this makes me want to, at least. Yeah, no, I watched them just because I'm like, all right, I've got this service. I'm going to sample a little bit of everything to get a feel for what they have. Yeah, the battle reports are very well uh, well put together. A lot of production value behind them. What's they, the tone? They ex- the tone? Oh, there's, there's friendly banter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of them are narrative, so they're just having fun. They're not trying to score points. They're just trying to complete whatever the thematic objective for this game is. Yeah, and they explain the moves they're making. There'll be pop-ups on the screen giving you the exact text from, like, the books. It's it's very well put together. Is there a set? Yeah, I was of, impressed. Is there a set of standard players? Nick Baton's in a lot of them. Yeah, like, you can tell this was developed during the early COVID era. That when they is could only one of have my... a handful of people. Yes, that's one of my criticisms is they could use more people. Yeah. No, it's very much these are the people we had around the office. <laughs> Which Although, isn't bad, but you don't get a variety of play styles. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, what about the next area would be art, right? Like the, the artistic The painting class? I suppose. I again I I yeah, there's the paint. There's the painting master classes, of which I've not watched any of it actually. <laughs> hey, Auric, you sampled everything. Tell us about it. In a world where Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy exists, this really feels like it's not bad, but there are so, so, so many painting tutorials on YouTube. It's like you're not really adding anything special. Well, like plus, the idea is like, you... well, these are all advanced techniques, and it's like. There's literally a dozen other people doing these as Plus, well. You just mentioned Duncan, and Duncan is basically Warhammer paint god. I mean, two thin coats, so... <laughs> yeah, no, yep. and that's kind of the competition is Duncan has this down to a T. You know, he did it for them for long enough. He's got the rapport, and these ones, it's just like, you're doing good, but this doesn't feel that different than, you know, what I can watch on your YouTube channel. And to be fair, I don't watch a lot of painting tutorials to begin with. That's why so I didn't watch any of it, yeah. I, I watched interested. it to say I watched it, but it was like, no, I'd rather watch countless other people. Okay, fair. I mean, I've watched a, a handful of painting tutorials when I was first starting painting, and but yeah, I get that. So what does that leave us with now at this point? Uh, there is Lore Masters and... There is the vault. 
and I want to talk about the vault. Oh, I swear it's for the vault. <laughs> well, then, well, then hold on for the vault. So with Lore Masters, I don't know exactly what that means, but I feel like we've got the same problem with the painting thing in that at least with 40K, like, Luton out there on YouTube is the Lore Master. So yep. you've got to compete with him, and you're not going to the... win competing with him. <laughs> The upside that Lore Masters has is it's straight from the source. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, Lore Masters is bad. Um, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's not, like, terrible. It's just... It's not unwatchable, but it's just, like, someone's reading from you out of the codex with basic art. Whereas yeah. if I go watch any of my other Lore people, they're going to tell me a story and there's, you know, fan art mixed with regular games, workshop art mixed with like, they're telling me an epic story. Well, and just... these ones are just like Gilliman is the Primarch of the Ultramarines chapter. And they're all basic. Everybody knows lore, which I get, you got to have that, but there's no one like, Hey, this week we're going to talk about the Exoliators chapter and their whole backstory for an hour. Well, it's just funny to me, especially because when the whole Warhammer Plus thing first was happening and the the snap, the crackdown on animators was happening, I remember thinking, this doesn't make sense because you don't actually directly compete with fan animators. People will want to see, like, animations that are official and fan animations. They'll want to see both things. But with something like lore dumping or even painting tutorials... That one is competition, and I get why that would... So, like, in this case, when you have someone who is so established and so widely accepting the community as, like, the guy, and then you want to compete with him, you got to do something that they're not doing that is special to, to make that competition happen. That's why I was asking, like, what Lore Masters does to attempt that. <laughs> it doesn't. Well, then... It doesn't. No it reason doesn't for it. Oh. Yeah, no, Lore Masters is just the most bland, basic little lore readings. It, it's a filler series. Yes, very much so. We don't have any other things to release this week. Here's an episode of Lore Masters. Uh, I, I feel I I don't remember what his name is. I do like the narrator. He 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 has a nice voice. He does good presentation. Uh, but no, the community has really knocked it out of the park in what lore episodes are going to be because that's there's so many of them and they're competing and they're all going, I am going to give you the most lore possible in the most interesting way possible. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's why, like, again, not to be specific, I mean, I'm going to be specific. Like, if I want 40k lore, I go find Luton. If I want fantasy lore, I go find Sotek. I don't, I've already filled the, the niche that I need for yeah. that. So. And like, that's the crazy thing is not to, you know, cast any issues on Sotek, but he's the only one doing fantasy lore and lore masters is just doing 40 K lore. It's like, man, no, done some AOS. Has there been a little bit of AOS there? Like I, you I have believe two so. other settings that are largely untouched on the YouTube end. And you're not doing anything mm. with that. Lore masters has also done Necromunda, which I don't think I've seen too much on YouTube. Uh, I think Baltimore does some Necronomunda. I well, could I, be wrong. I didn't have anyone film the Necromunda, but, but to be fair, I don't have much interest in Necromunda, so that's a that's a difficult one for me. Forty K theories also probably has some Necromunda. Yeah, probably. Okay, but so... I'm saying like there was this perfect opportunity to fill a gap, and they're just like Gilliman. It's like okay, listen, 
<laughs> yeah, and if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, you at least have to be, like, specifically entertaining, right? And I don't know, again, I haven't watched it, but I'm getting the impression from you guys that the narrator is doing an okay job, but he's not, like, memorable. Well, it's mm. just, like, what are you adding that no one else is? If this was, like, a history channel where they did recreations with different voice actors and dramatic how come, readings. How come there isn't drunk history for 40K? I swear. Oh my god! That no, would be awesome. the community, No, the community relies way too much on memes for their history already. We don't need to push it even further. I disagree. Push it farther. Go to thir- go to 13. Dial that Lore shit Lore Masters has actually done quite a few Age of Sigmar ones. Oh. Alright then. Cool. It just tells you how little interest I have in Lore Masters after watching a couple like... It's like every oh, other boy. episode. Well, I don't know anyone on YouTube right now who's, who specializes in Age of Sigmar lore. Uh, so two plus tough. Him. Two plus tough. <laughs> he does really, really, really good. He's like he's the was the one that kind of carved the path. And huh, no one's talking Age of Sigmar lore. Hmm, I'm gonna send, do that. And that's their... back when it was very disparate. Yeah, but send me their name in writing so that I can look them up later. So okay, okay. Well, basically, the conclusion we're seemingly coming to is that Lore Masters is superfluous. And not yeah. unique enough to justify its existence. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, that that. Well, we'll circle back to. You know, it'd be really cool for Lore Masters GW. Free idea, right? Do some short animated bits in between. Yeah, you've got you you scooped up all the animated talent, and you're charging us six bucks a month. Some of that can go towards feeding your artists. I, I'm sticking with my drunk idea just because, I mean, imagine like Graham McNeil taking a few shots of whiskey and then trying to explain the heresy. So I just want Graham McNeil sober to explain the heresy in his own words. There's one interview the authors. We have That'd had so cool. much fun picking Graham's brain. It t- just bring the writers in and sit him down and go, what were you thinking when you wrote this book? That would be so cool. Okay. Actually, don't do that, because then we're not going to have... <laughs> I think we we've actually done that on their podcasts before. I missed the podcast. The podcast wasn't half bad. They had two different it ones. Both of them aren't around anymore. Well, the first one came out, and it was pretty good. And then they went to... Uh, they switched it up, and it's like, okay, I guess this is a weekly show and it wasn't that good they never could figure out what they wanted to do and part of that's because games workshop plays things way too close to the vest or they'd leak get everything leaked on them okay so i'm guessing that the vault as you two have mentioned having strong opinions about is like the old white dwarf stuff it's every campaign book it's every white dwarf it's every supplement it's the end times it's everything they've ever written that's the only steady release you get to I mean, a point. That sounds like a pretty solid draw, at the very least. I People have who don't want four to have words. I have four words to describe it. Listening. Good idea, bad execution. Yeah, I love the vault. I spent the most time in the vault. But the fact that I can't read the vault on my phone is a missed opportunity. And it sucks to read on the computer. <laughs> yep. I don't like reading on my computer because then I'm distracted by all the other things I could be doing or should be doing. And there's no bookmark feature. So when you're reading the end times, you have to remember on which page of the 500 you left off on. The chief problem is everything is in PDF format. Yep. So you have to scroll in, like zoom in to look at small text. You can't like 
go from paragraph to paragraph. It's it's a mess. Oh, I, oh my god, it drives me nuts. Because you would think and it takes forever to load. Yes. Oh my god, oh god I just want to open does. up White Dwarf. It shouldn't take five minutes to load. And if you want to read the end times, it's all the way at the bottom because every week they add something new and it pushes things further down. And there's no search feature. See, oh I feel like God. this is especially egregious because, from what you guys are describing, because, like, Fextra Life figured this shit out, like, ten years ago with all the numerous game wikis you can go to. Like, you know how much time I spent on Dark Souls, Fextra Life, reading lore? And you feel like when they got the catalog of all the official material, they could just use the same kind of format or structure. So, instead, what it sounds like you guys are describing is that they just basically grabbed all their files that they had somewhere and just shoved them in without any thought. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. <laughs> and it sucks because lots of these books are out of print, including the campaign books that came out three months ago. I have an issue with those campaign books. Oh, they suck. Well, not they specifically. Suck. They only exist to push. Not specifically the Psychic Awakening, just all the campaign books on the vault. Yeah. They've taken out all the rules. Yeah, no, that's the other thing. What you don't... the hell? <laughs> well, you don't need the rules. You're only here to read the lore. I'm here to read the rules. Joke's on you. I, w I love reading old rules because Warhammer used to have really fun old rules. It's such a weird mission because I went like, huh, I wonder what kind of crazy stuff they had in the end times. And it's like, no, you don't get the rules. You just get these blocks of text, which... Again, fascinating read to get through that. But at the same time, I've been able to finish the end times because it's such a hassle. Every time I want to read it, I got to go and I got to scroll and I got to scroll and I got to click on it. And I wait for it to load. I go get a beer, you know, make dinner, go to work, come back at the end of my shift. It's halfway loaded. Then I got to scroll to find where I left off. And everything's like, fuck it. I'm done. I'm just going to watch a YouTube video. Yes. Like, why oh. can't I watch this? I can watch. Warhammer Plus on my phone. I cannot access the vault on my phone. Do you know how useful it would be if I could open the vault and scroll through and read a couple chapters, hit bookmark, and then come back? That especially seems odd because wasn't Warhammer Plus supposed to be like connected to the? Or I know there was like a phone app that they had for like rules and stuff. Oh, like we that. didn't talk about the Warhammer List Builder. There are two Warhammer apps out now too. Yeah, there's the Age of Sigmar one and the 40k one. I've never used either. <laughs> that okay that came out first that existed before warhammer plus yeah and it was terrible and, and, they, fixed I, it and they put it behind a paywall it, it's the thing that i think i like most <laughs> out of the service really? i'll let you comment it because i'm super analog in my wargaming well and, and, and i have to i be don't convinced. use battle scribe i don't use any of those and i see, don't I, I use battle scribe so for me it's like you gotta justify me switching from battle scribe so. so the thing with the Warhammer 40k app compared to Battlescribe, the reason I like it is because Battlescribe is so text heavy. The 40k app has pictures and I sound like a child, I know, but I like the visual element. And that that's the entire reason I prefer it over Battlescribe because I'm not looking at a wall of just text. There, there are pictures of what the units look like. I guess for stuff. me, it's, it's I, I get it. For me, it's like I have the books. I just use Battlescribe so that I could have a list without having to write it down on an actual piece of paper. That's what I do with the, the app. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Because it's got an army builder. 
The okay. app has had some weird ass glitches. But my point of bringing that up was just like, you'd think that if they already have something made for a phone, then they would have made the vault function for a phone. But it sounds like you guys are saying that it just straight up doesn't. <laughs> no, there's no standalone app for it. And if you go onto the website on your phone, good luck. And I'm pretty sure it's entirely because it's all PDF. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is the byline of Warhammer Plus in that it's poorly thought out. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, are there any other corners that we haven't covered yet? There's the uh, AOS app. There's an AOS app? You mean there like it is. Okay, how's that? <laughs> like it's... the 40K app. But there's one upside to the AOS app. It actually has Legends data sheets. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> For whatever reason, the 40k one doesn't. It bugs me. These are the things that bug me, okay? I'm a weird person. That's not These weird. are the I things that bug me. That's legitimate, because if you're playing with your friends, you might be like, yeah, we'll play with Legends, whatever. So, <laughs> The AOS one has Legends, and 40k doesn't. The 40k one, a another thing I, I want them to add, two more things. Add an option to build a list with power level. Please. I'm surprised just, they don't because they've been pushing power level pretty hard for the last couple of years. Throw that in there. And add a crusade portion. <laughs> like, let me... Because crusade has different abilities and mm -hmm. um, equipment and stuff that's exclusive to crusade. Give me an option to build a crusade list and track it. Yeah, that's that's odd because I know Battlescribe lets you do that. So. Do they? Yeah, there's crusade, uh, there's crusade options in Battlescribe. I know there is at I, least for... Because I've seen, like, I just was building AOS lists today, and they'll give you, like, Contest of Generals, Match versus Narrative Play, and, like, a third option that looks something like that. It's been a while since I looked at the 40k list, but I'm pretty, po I'm, like, 90% sure there's Crusade options in there. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I could be wrong. I, again, I haven't built a Crusade before, so. <laughs> <laughs> if I could get a strategy organizer, that'd be useful. That, that would like, be that's good, an app. Too. Yeah. No, just, like... Uh, these are the stratagems I want to use, and I can punch that into my phone or my tablet or what have you, and it just brings those up instead of, hold on, it's in here somewhere. Fuck, which one was it? Shuffling, shuffling. Oh, god damn, I went too far. What does this yeah. one mean? They don't even have this army. Okay. So if that's if that's all the corners then, then what do we – the conclusion I've got from listening to you two who both – because, again, I, I didn't explore it as much as I should have, but the conclusion I'm understanding is – the one that I would have expected when it started, which is it sounds like it just doesn't have enough content to really justify the cost in a world where we have all these streaming services. Like, I feel like if it was connected to another streaming service that had, like, a backlog of shows or something, because, again, that was my thing, was, like, as Ulrich kind of mentioned before, just having a lot of content that you could just kind of, like, put on. Like, example, if they basically had... The Warhammer Plus thing, and it was connected to something like Hulu or whatnot. Then you could even up the price a little bit more, and I think it'd be more justified. But from what I'm hearing, it's not really justified currently. Is that? I think that's what Ulrich's feeling. Kit, the feeling I'm getting from you is a little more like you think it's justified. You think there's plenty of there to because I'm getting a more positive vibe from you and a more neutral vibe from Ulrich, neutral to negative. Is that? Am I hearing this right? Y yes, I. Overall, really like the service, but I will also state that I'm pretty sure I'm like an edge case <laughs> where 
my opinion is most likely probably not the opinion of most people. I don't. At least that I've heard online. There's a bit of brain warpery that goes on when you get into Warhammer in which you just casually burn your money and go, no, no, this is a good thing. I enjoy wasting my money. (laughs) My username also gives me away. (laughs) Listen, I love Warhammer. I should be a straight sell for this. But my problem now is the problem I had when it was a launch. Like, listen, this this isn't doing anything astronomically better that I'm paying it to that I'm not already getting for free. And we didn't even talk about the exclusive models that you got if you gave them all your money in advance. Uh, like, um, um, in that case... Oh, no, um, wait, let Kit speak. Talk- <laughs> the thing I'm holding in my hand right now? <laughs> Listen, let's talk about the models. If you bought the model, you got a streaming service for free, and that's cool. <laughs> but hmm. a Vindicary Assassin... He looks awesome. He looks awesome. I don't know how many lists you're putting him in. I've got one. I've filled mine maybe twice. Or an Orc War Boss. Good luck if you don't if you play anything but Iron Joss. Which the is Uric- better than the <laughs> The, I mean, you ex- could be Stormcast, but at least Stormcast you can convert to Space Marine. The exclusive models are so skewed. It is so apparent that they favored the 40k one over the AOS one. One can be played in multiple factions for your setting. The other you can play with orcs. And also the design of it. The 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 assassin is like a display piece. The Uruk Very much like so. A- Looks yeah. like a normal Uric. I'm looking at them. I'm looking at them right now. Just pictures of them, and yeah, like the Vindicare. Despite, like Ulrich said, you're probably not going to use it too much. It does look like something that is unique and justifies its cost. Whereas, I have 40k orcs, and I've looked at Iron Jaws because I've kit bashed a few of them. And yeah, that that orc war boss doesn't. There's nothing special about it. It's just the guy with an axe. And they. FOMO the hell out of people. They're going, hey, you don't sign up for Warhammer Plus for a full year in the first year. You're not going to get this really cool model that you're totally going to use all the time in your games. Now, Ulrich, I will say um, that that there is a slight uh, uh, flaw in your reasoning. uh, Because I didn't want it because I intended to ever use it. uh, Because I am more of a collector than I am a player. I don't think... A lo- I don't think a lot of people who chose the Vindicare chose it because they were going to use it. It's a good argument. There are a lot no. of people who, who are in the hobby who don't actually play that much. Oh, and I'm sure. But it's just, So in this launch, we said, it's just the cost of a model, and I'm getting that model. It's like, yeah, cool. It's I can take that cost, of, cost and, of a model. Well, if you buy a year in advance, and it's like, and it's a single character model, so let's uh, let's be honest here. The year in advance was like $60. The models are 42 Well, it depends. Well, yeah. you're saying the model itself. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. No, the model is 42 because yeah. if you chose one of them, you can buy the other, and it's $42. Okay. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so it's basically Which I will your... say, even though you have to pay for it, it is at least cool they give you the option, so you're not stuck with just the one. If you wanted both, you can get both. So really, it's more like you're buying the model and three months, and then getting nine months free. That's a way to look at it, yeah. Now, there's lots of creative math, but it, ultimately, this is, if you want to declare yourself a service and charge streaming service money, you, you got to be 
comparable to other streaming services. And I feel like that's where the Warhammer community kind of put the kitty gloves on. It's like, well, this is a thing I like. Like, cool. But let's compare this to some of the other streaming services. It's worse than Peacock. Yeah. <laughs> the, the biggest issue being that Warhammer has no backlog. This is the first thing they've done of this. Yeah. All of those other, even Peacock has a backlog. Well, that's what I was saying from the very be- I mean, okay. Honestly, though, if we look at the, the most successful streaming services and how they're the most successful, they have tended to be with syndicated series. Like, mm-hmm. I am not a fan of The Office personally, but I will not deny that The Office basically completely juggernauted the streaming service. Was it Netflix? I think it's Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Netflix got supported because it had The Office. It was. And it had Parks and Rec and it had Community. It had all the big ones. No, no, no. no, Breaking Bad. I was just reading an article about this literally today. It's it's The Office and uh, Seinfeld. And there was one other specific show. It was like three shows that from the metrics far outplay everything else. And they're just, I don't know what the third one is, but I know that two of them were Seinfeld in the office. Well, yeah, so. you hold the power of a sitcom and having 20 episodes per season for over 100 episodes that you, you can come back to endlessly. Yeah, and in Didn't my we talk case, about that already? Yeah, and in my case, for instance, like if I were, when I did have a streaming service, I only had Netflix. And the reason why I had Netflix specifically wasn't for those is because Netflix was the streaming service that went all in on stand-up comedy. And I like just putting up... Who boy did they? Yeah, and I like putting up... (laughs) (laughs) Other Uh, conversation. But... Yeah. (laughs) Point is, I love stand-up comedy. I've loved it since I was like eight years old. I was a stand-up comic for a while. So I like seeing the new stand-up specials. I like going back and watching the old ones. So that was such a individual point of importance to me that it was like, all right, I only have enough time in my life and money to justify one streaming service. So I'm going to go with that one. (laughs) And I love Warhammer. But without, like, backlog of content, and the closest I've gotten is listening to you guys talk about the battle reports, but even then I still don't imagine myself sitting down and watching more than one in a set period of time, you know, even if they are When good. there's so many others for free, like, they're good, but they're not six ninety nine a month good. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, this is the kind of thing where I am a Warhammer fan. I want Warhammer Plus to be worth it because... I like Warhammer stuff, and I want Warhammer stuff to succeed. And I want those animations to get more things. I want to have Warhammer shows. I want, like, all that to exist. But I'm also an adult when I'm already giving them tons of money on models and stuff, and I have generally limited time, so you have to really justify yourself. <laughs> and I don't can't, I can't justify any streaming service right now, so... See, that's where Games Workshop, I think, screwed themselves, is they wanted to maintain the Games Workshop prestige of overcharging for basic stuff. And it's like, no, you should have came in like Disney and undersold the hell out of yourself. So everyone got it, never thought about it, and then you just kind of slowly raked it in as you built. Well, there's, there's a question, Ulrich. a premium content. Well, hold on, Ulrich, there's a question. So with... It as it is now, literally without changing any aspect of what Warhammer Plus is now, what do you think it's worth? What do you think you should pay monthly for it? Uh, at most four ninety nine, between a dollar ninety nine and four ninety nine. So you think five bucks instead of the current six bucks? So you think it's just a little bit cheaper and it would be acceptable? Yeah, because you got to come on, you got to come in at the lowest possible streaming service and right now disney holds that one at six bucks a month thoughts on that kit as it stands now and this is 
this is coming from someone who likes it. Yes. Buy a month, binge everything, or just do the stuff that we've said that's good, and then leave it at that. <laughs> or that's as the I call, other thing that kind of screws them. I call that the YouTube you can, Red principle. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no. You can watch all their content in a month. That is exactly why they drip fed and they didn't put everything all at once. But that just ended pissing people off. It's like, I'm giving you money and you're giving me, hey, look, we have a painting tutorial this week. I, I know it wasn't great, but that was, I guarantee you, that was the exact reason why. Because they knew if they dropped everything, people would just go for a month or two and leave. There's so, that. And they also didn't have the content. They still don't really have the content. So my thoughts as a as the most limited person here is I think that there's a good foundation here built there from is, some yeah. greedy decisions and that yes. again I want Warhammer Plus to be successful kind of on principle because I like Warhammer stuff but I still think it needs it just needs more it just needs more more general slash asterisks you know yes <laughs> do you guys have any because we're roughly at a little over an hour so do you guys have any concluding thoughts after this conversation uh Kit, you first. Um, I don't really have any. The get it for a month, watch everything or what we said to, and then end it is pretty much my concluding thought. Ulrich? I was right. Y'all yelled at me and said I was being greedy or short-sighted with all that things. I was fucking right. They didn't <laughs> have the content to support it, and they drip-fed it, and the animation wasn't that great. I'm amazed that we basically went an hour and six minutes without saying fuck before now. So I'll <laughs> uh, save it for the end. Anyway, okay, I feel like I feel like there's somehow simultaneously nothing left to talk about and also tons left to talk about. I don't know. There are little that. things. Yeah. But we're kind of reaching our point now and I think that we'd be kind of stretching. So it's at this point that we'd like to thank Kit for joining us. Thank, thank you, you for having me on. <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna give you the special soapbox that you can stand on where you want to plug anything that you want to plug. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at WarhammerGeek. There's that username I alluded to before that gives me away. Uh, I am a shill for Warhammer. It's in my name. Uh, <laughs> and then on Instagram, I'm at WarhammerGeek14, the numbers one and four. Uh, I occasionally post on Instagram. I post more on Twitter. Don't always post Warhammer-related stuff, though. But if you want to bug me on socials, that's where you can find me. I just myself got an Instagram because my girlfriend asked me to, so maybe I will. <laughs> anyway. A lot to unpack there. <laughs> anyway, Ulrich, take us in the outro. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, leave angry comments at me telling me that I just don't appreciate Games Workshop for the wonderful company they are. It all helps grow the algorithm. And if you're listening to us, it is on either SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or the FiresideAlliance.com, which is not on the document that Ulrich prepared for me. Shame on Ulrich. But if there is some other platform you want us to be on, then tell us about it and we'll look into it. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Until next time, may the dice roll in your favor.